Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is, am I going to hell? Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zensalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so this is somewhat getting back to an old series of ours called Ask a Lutheran Pastor, because I'm sure different denominations have different feelings about this, different yep. religions in general. And it could just as easily be the question, why do we think we are always going to hell? <laughs> because it is something that comes up in everybody's saying from hell in a handbasket to my favorite, why am I in this handbasket and why am I going so fast? <laughs> That's a good one. It's just always out there. But from an ELCA Lutheran perspective, I ask, are we? Are we all going to hell? ELCA Lutheran perspective or from my perspective? Which are you asking for? I want the Lutheran perspective and then I want your perspective. Oh boy. Okay. Well, the ELCA Lutheran perspective, if I am recalling correctly, and I'll put my caveat on this as I always do, that if I have gotten this wrong in some way, shape, or form, feel free to call me out, internet. I am but one person who went to seminary a very long time ago and I may have forgotten things, or they may be teaching things differently now than when I attended. It happens. We've got new math. We do, <laughs> we do have new math. Same answers, mm -hmm. new pathways. Mm -hmm. And it is a journey that I have personally been on as well. And this actually came up in some of my candidacy questions. Oh, really? It did for me. It particularly did because I brought it up. So... The ELCA doesn't take a formal position on what we would say is universal salvation. Okay. Because universal salvation would be the concept that there would be no hell. Okay. If n no one were to be going to hell, if no one were to be condemned, then that would mean universal salvation. Okay. And... The concept of universal salvation is a, it is a hard enough topic for people to discuss without throwing food at each other mm -hmm. that we do what we do best as ELCA Lutherans. We just don't talk about it. Oh, that's lovely. Because everybody being saved means even your Jeffrey Dahmers of the world. Mm -hmm. are being saved, mm -hmm. which can be enraging for many. Well, there's that, and there's a whole bunch of questions then. Then it goes to how do you do interfaith work if you begin to go down that path? Do we start to supersede our faith and religion upon the faith and religion of other people? Do we say that Jesus is the reason that someone is saved who is in another faith practice does universal salvation lead us into cheap grace? Does it create a situation where nobody has to do anything or no one should try to do anything good because it doesn't matter anymore because we're already saved, so why would we? Mm -hmm. All of these kinds of things start to head us down a road that gets very difficult and really funky-wonky, and so instead we end up not really talking directly about it at least when I was in seminary. Mm -hmm. And when I would ask questions about universal salvation and whether or not 
how we would talk about it or how we would believe in it. I didn't get straight answers. I would be referenced or referred to various theologians from various different centuries. So I would do my own research and come up with my own thinking, which Mm -hmm. is where I said, do you want ELCA policy or responses? There isn't really a policy. No. Or do you want where I find myself? Okay. So the ELCA doesn't really talk about it. From my experience, we do not have an official stated position on the concept of universal salvation. Therefore, we don't necessarily state that we believe in hell, but we don't necessarily state that we don't believe in hell. Okay. I'm going to ask this and I'm going to pretty much expect you to say something very similar. What does this mean for heaven then? If there's really no, we're going to hell, universal salvation doesn't necessarily mean that that means we're all going to heaven. Well, this is where we start. (laughs) I love your start laughing as soon as I said that. This is where we start having to dig into what these concepts are within our scripture. Okay. And heaven or kingdom of heaven is referenced by Jesus. So is hell, Gehenna. This concept of a place or a space, a separation from God. Okay. These are concepts or ideas or places. The concept of the kingdom of heaven is referenced by Jesus a lot. And we are given a lot of parables to explain what the kingdom of heaven is like. And Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven being now, here, right now. The kingdom of heaven is near not will be near or will exist, but the kingdom of heaven is here. And the kingdom of heaven is something we create, we co-create together in the here and now. That is what is being referenced in the New Testament, in the Gospels. Hell, Gehenna, the place of trial, This is a place, it's an actual location being referenced, particularly in the Greek scripture, that is being referenced as a place outside of the city gates of Jerusalem. Okay. It's the city dump. It's a place where wild animals are roaming, trying to find scraps of food to eat. If you've ever been to a developing nation and you've been to a large city, and you've been taken to one of the large city dumps or one of the large city garbage areas outside of the city gates or outside of the city walls, Mm -hmm. you may personally have imagery of what this could look like. I have been to the city garbage heaps outside of Managua in Nicaragua, and there was cattle grazing. Mm Mm-hmm. And people living there within the city dump, next to the radioactive waste, next to the household waste, next to a wild dog roaming trying to find food. And the images that are being conjured when they're talking in the scripture about You will be thrown out of the kingdom of heaven to weeping and gnashing of teeth. You will be removed from community and you will be thrown into Gehenna. You will be sent out to the city dump. You will be thrown away like garbage and left among the desperate 
you will be in this place where you cannot find stability, where there is grief and there is anxiety and fear and you will not be well in your body because your body cannot live amongst that refuse without being ill. All of those things are true of that kind of a place. And that's a literal place and a true experience even to this day. Mm -hmm. And so when Jesus is talking about heaven and hell in our Greek scripture, Jesus is really talking about in the kingdom of heaven, we work together community functions. We share what we have. We bring healing to one another. We call one another in and we have meals with one another. We lift one another up. When we break down that community, when that does not happen, when justice falls, we find ourselves in these places like Gehenna, like the garbage heap outside of the city wall, which is a place of great grief and desolation. And so these images would be extremely real because they were very real images in the time of Christ. How we choose to understand them now, choosing to interpret them as some city in the clouds and some really hot place below, city made of coal below, these concepts are creations of the centuries of organized religion. And it is difficult to untangle how we think of the afterlife from those creations. But the reality is, is that our scripture is very unclear about the afterlife And it is very unclear of what happens in death and resurrection. But we don't like to deal in that. And so we cling to the concept of heaven. And we like to punish people. So we cling to the concept of hell. And we love the idea of rewards to inspire us. So we cling to the concept of heaven. And sometimes we need the fear of something to inspire us to not get something wrong. So we hold on to the concept of hell. Very long answer. I mean, it makes sense. But what's fascinating about all of it is putting it into some behavior now that's going to affect something later on makes you forget about what you're actually living now that we Mm -hmm. kind of in many ways have created a literal hell on earth with the actions, worrying about something that we can't really do anything about anyway. Absolutely. And Jesus's ministry was always about the right now. Mm -hmm. And that's where so much, I think, of the challenge of modern Christianity has created such pain, is that we have become so obsessed with what is to come after when we don't know how to interpret those things. We don't understand it, and we've lost the immediacy of the Christian faith. And that Jesus calls us to live our faith in the here and the now. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven is here right now, and is what we make of it here and now. And all of that gets lost in the 
trying to live for what comes after we die. And here's the thing, here's the truth of it. The Middle Ages in particular really amped the whole heaven and hell situation. And I learned about this actually more in my theater history than I did in church history. Yeah. So I learned about this in college because there was a time in which theater was outlawed, but you could do everyman plays. Okay. They were plays for the church and they told the story of every man getting pulled into hell. And they were these moral plays to scare people into behaving right. Mm -hmm. And these plays were the only kind of theater that were allowed to happen for a time in England, not in other parts of the world. Very white centric. Mm -hmm. Let's just call that out. So you have these morality plays that are happening and they're boosting up everyone's fear because remember the peasantry didn't read. Mm -hmm. They didn't have access to the scripture. So they were learning the scripture from the morality plays and the morality plays what do people remember? They remember like the scary demons and the the red flames coming mm-hmm. up from the ground from these really cool effects that were happening. And they remember those kinds of pieces as these characters were sucked down into the demon lair. And with these morality plays, as time went on, the kind of legacy of this built these concepts up within the lore of the faith. And then you get a chance to have fundraisers Mm -hmm. to get people out of purgatory and away from that hell and away from that danger. And we all know what happens once money gets involved in the church. Oh, yes. But fear is a great way to control people and to get money from people. And hell is a really great motivator. Yeah. The middle ages, the Renaissance, Dante, Hieronymus Bosch, all Mm -hmm. very rich imagery from a religious standpoint, pointing towards do right or bad things are going to happen. Absolutely. And contemporary versions of this, we could even look at you know, however long ago it was, 20 years ago or so, when we had the big revelation push and we had the Left Behind series that became so incredibly popular to take the book of Revelation and to misinterpret it truly. The theology that kind of undergirds that entire concept of the rapture and the concept of taking people up to heaven all of a sudden is less than, it's less than 150 years old. Mm -hmm. The church is 2,000 years old. This is a theology less than 150 years old. It's a young theology that is entirely fear-based using hell and heaven as a basis of the theology in order to create reactions of a certain timbre. Oh, that's fascinating. Okay, so then getting back to the Amanda, instead of Pastor Amanda, answer to this question. (laughs) What do you believe about am I going to hell? So this one is harder. This is a, a question that I have truly, truly struggled with for a very long time because I had to ask myself if I believed in hell. Mm hmm. And I have leaned my entire faith life 
toward universal salvation. Mm -hmm. I cannot understand a God who picks and chooses. If our God is a God of grace, I believe our God is a God of grace for all creation, not for just a few of us. That doesn't feel or strike true to my understanding of the, of the scripture and my understanding of the divine. Like I said, that came up in my candidacy and all of those kinds of situations. When it came to hell then, I didn't believe in it. I didn't believe there could be a hell because if our God is a God of universal salvation and love, then there is no hell. There is no eternal punishment. There is no way to be eternally separated from God. I, I kind of don't see why we need a hell in the afterlife when we have hell on earth in sort of the way that Jesus was talking about with the people who get cast out. Yeah. Why would you need anything more than that as a deterrent? And then I met someone in my life who I truly believe that when faced with unquestionable, true, divine love and having it offered to them would decline it in order to remain in control of their own life. That if it meant surrendering a part of their own control or a part of their own self, there's a part of our scripture that says that in, when we die, that all of those parts of ourselves that do not serve are taken away. And I lean on that scripture, particularly when I am serving at the funeral of someone who is a perpetrator someone who has caused incredible harm, intentional, incredible harm to other people. Mm -hmm. Not someone who has done that unintentionally. We all do it unintentionally. But for those who are intentional perpetrators of harm, and when I have buried them, I will use that scripture, especially if there are victims in the room, to be able to lean into that truth that God will remove those parts that create that brokenness within us that can create the intentional harm of other beings and other people. And I met someone in my life that I believe that given the chance to have that removed would honestly decline. Hmm if it meant that they could no longer be who they knew themselves to be. And because I believe so much, as much as I believe in God's divine grace and love, I also believe in God's free will. Mm -hmm. Because to be in relationship, true relationship, one must have free will. And as much as I believe in free will, I believe that God would allow someone to decline God's love and God's grace, and God's forgiveness, and God's removal of that brokenness that causes harm to other people. And in that way, that would cause a separation of that person from God and the divine permanently. And that is the definition of hell, to separate oneself from God and the divine, to choose that. And so from knowing that person and from that life experience, from that time forward, I have come to believe in hell. 
and believe that that would be possible. At the same time, I so believe in God's grace that at any moment, the moment that an individual soul or being would turn to God, that God would be right there and the divine would welcome them home. But free will is free will. And if someone chooses to remain who they are, I believe they would remain who they are. Fascinating. Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question. Mm -hmm. Is this something that you get asked by parishioners and people around you? Absolutely. Yeah? Mm -hmm. More than you would have expected or just every now and again? Every now and again. Fascinating. Does it matter young or old? It's not usually like the confirmants who are like, all right, give me the skinny. I'm not going to hell. No, it's all kinds of folks and all kinds of different points of life and different points of conversation and different settings, all of that. It's all over the place as to when the conversation comes up. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about going to hell. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. It is wonderful to be back with you all. Thank you all so much for listening. You can find us and our entire backlog of conversations on iTunes and Spotify. If you have any questions, if you would like to reach out to us, you can do that at podcast at centralportland.org. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.